Happy New Year. Everybody make their New Year resolutions. I made one. It's not to yell anymore. I will be shouting, but I won't be yelling. Um, starting next Sunday night, uh, 6 o'clock, we'll be doing a, uh, uh, a Bible study for five weeks. And uh, we have a, a workbook, so I have several of them coming in. They're $8 a piece. But next Sunday night, it's on The War Room. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The War Room. We'll be showing a movie clip from that, and we'll be uh, going through the workbook. And it's, it's for five weeks. And uh, uh, it's called Arms, which is a call to prayer. I don't know of any more of a, of a time in my life, of the last 60 years, that and I hear people say this all the time, but we're in such a mess uh, from the country to the church to individuals. Uh, there's not a place you, you can go to where drugs is not just rampant and, and sex is not just rampant and filth is not just rampant and, and nobody seems to care anymore. So w as a church, our, our job is to pray. And one of the things, I, I, last year I taught on prayer for, for every, every Wednesday night for from uh, September to May. And I was hoping to get some prayer warriors out of that, and I think we did get a few. But we're called to pray as a church. We're called to pray as individuals. And this movie, uh, if you haven't seen it, I, 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 I highly recommend it. Um, it teaches you how to pray, and that's what we need to do. We need to, as a church, we need to come together and, and pray as corporately, individually, for our country, for Israel, and we need to be serious about it in the end times that we're in. Amen? Amen. So for five weeks, starting next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we'll do it five weeks in a row. Also, this is, a, this is kind of a cool thing. i tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm not trying to bribe you. I'm just telling you what, because I want to do something for you. If you come through the next five weeks of that prayer thing, I'm going to make you one of these. It's going to say war room on it. This will be hanging in your closet or whatever. And these things here to put your prayers on. Is that Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Brent, you. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. If you yell at me, don't yell at me, yell at Brent. Happy New Year. You know, um, um, I want to share some things with you, some important things that, uh, uh, that God is, uh, is after me, and, and, uh, and, I, and I want to convey that back over to the church, and it's about prayer, and the urgency, as we preached on last week, the urgency of, of, of that prayer. Uh, I, I went to bed last night about, I don't know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and, and uh, I, I couldn't sleep. I rolled around, and uh, many things going through my mind, and, and one of the things was uh, the broke, some of the brokenness of the church, and this church has got, it's got broken parts, and we put band-aids on it, and we try to hide things, which we shouldn't do, but there's parts that are broken, there's parts that are wonderful and great, and as in each one of our lives, we have parts that are broken, parts that are wonderful and great, but as a church, I, I, I want it to function exactly as it's called to function, with every finger and every toe and every hand that works together. And one of the ways we accomplish that 
is to acknowledge the things and then pray over it. Next week, we'll start a, a series on, on spiritual gifts. And, and uh, if we want our spiritual gifts to work, we have to speak the language of God. Amen? We've got to learn how to speak to him. And he teaches that through the word. So uh, as I got up this morning, I, I didn't sleep. I got up about 1 o'clock, got in the shower, shaved, and came on over. And uh, laid right here for many, many hours. And then I got up, and me and the Lord had a great sermon together. And it was about protection. And it was about urgency. And it was about every one of you. It was about every door and every light bulb and everything in this church. Protection and, and how God has provided so much for us. How thankful we need to be for him, for what he's done for us. Uh, Mostly, it was for you. It was for Kingston and their family. It was for Cyrus. It was for Bill Hobbs and all the rest of you back there. It's a new year and it's new beginnings. And I'm asking you, whatever you're holding back from God this year, I don't want to make it a New Year's resolution. I want to make it a lifetime resolution. I want you to surrender whatever it is. Don't be mad. Don't be angry. Be joyful. Be happy. The sermon, is the, as we're going to talk about, it's the best day ever. You know what? Every day should be the best day ever. Amen? Every day. When Christ lives in you, every day should be the best day ever. The thing is, we, I got this target up here. We'll, look, we'll use it in a few minutes, but we need to target Jesus every day. You know why we don't have good days and why we have bad days and not so much good. You know why it is? Because we're not targeting Jesus. We're targeting the problems in our life. We're targeting the, the compromises in our life. We target everything but JC, the bullseye. And so if we would learn to target who Jesus is in our life, the best day would be every day. There's a, there's a one particular man in here. Where's he at? John, where are you at? John Blackwell. John, raise your hand. He never had, John, have you ever had a bad day? Thank you. I doubt there's too many other in here I could ask that question. They would give me that answer. John has somehow learned how to have the best day. He lets things go. And we need to learn how to do that. In the sermon this morning, we're in Psalm 16. I, I, I love the Psalms. I preach on the Psalms more probably than anything else. The Psalm 16 I've never preached on before. And it's a, it's a, I want to give you the picture of it. It's King David. He's not a king yet. Saul is chasing him as the usual. So he's in great stress in his life, great turmoil in his life. But they used this psalm for peace. And when people were sick and people needed comfort, they would go to this psalm and they would look at it and they would sing it and they would pray over it and they would fall in love with the words and they would encounter God through this psalm. Now David, when he wrote this psalm, Saul was coming after him to what? To kill him. In some of the most stressful times of his life, he's leaving his family, he's leaving everything he knows, he, his, his, whatever, whatever he's got, he had to completely leave it and run. And run. For his life. Now many of us, we got problems, we got situations, I don't see anybody running away for their, their physical life. But he was. And he comes to a cave and, and he sits there and here comes Saul. Saul's just going to kill him. And he's praying and all of a sudden, Saul leaves. And all the army behind Saul, they leave. Well, at that time, the Philistines started to do some battles. And 
Saul got word of it, and he had to let David live. You think that might have been answered prayer? And David witnessed all that. And so as he sits there and he sees all this, and he sees the prayers he's praying to God, and he sees Saul and the whole army that come to destroy him leave, he sits down and he pins this psalm. So when you have stress and things going on in your life, you can go back to the Psalm 16. But when you read the words, read them deep within your heart. Deep within your soul. It will come alive to you. God will speak to you. He will have a, such an encounter with you that it will be so amazing. The reason most Christians won't have an encounter with God is because they're too busy aiming at something besides JC, besides Jesus Christ. They're aiming at something else, and they've got a reason for aiming at that. They want Jesus to fix everything, but they don't want to be fixed. They just want the problems fixed. And so they walk into church, and they think they're doing the best they can. And a few weeks later, they walk out, saying, that didn't work for me. Aren't you glad God's not a Santa Claus? <laughs> that he takes us, and he works through our lives, and he molds us and he breaks us and he keeps working with us and i want to tell you something i want to, to every one of you i prayed over i pray over every chair every sunday but i pray deeply over every one of your chairs this sunday i want to tell you something god loves you amen, amen. he just he loves you with the everything he has with every every drop of blood he loves you his desire is for you to speak the same language he speaks to know him to know him to love everything about him. When Jesus became, becomes your daily target, something changes in your soul. Amen? I use these same words, only differently. I scramble them up. Almost the same thing every single week. Week after week, month after month, I just scramble them up. So I, I, I don't know how to tell you except that Jesus honestly loves you. And if you would honestly love him back, then you would change. And the struggles you're in and the, the things you deal with would start to pass away. All you have to look is in God's word. Look at this Psalm 16. And you can see a man that, that had nothing going for him at the time. A man that struck down Goliath. A man that they said he killed 10,000 while Saul killed the hundreds. And people loved David. And all of a sudden he's on the run for his life. Meekness is strength. Amen? Uh, hopefully in the, this year we can talk more about meekness. Meekness is strength gained by hitting J.C., the bullseye target. Meekness having no showing of a... Meekness having or showing a quiet and gentle nature. Not wanting to fight. Not wanting to argue with other people. It's from Webster's. That's what meekness is. That's what we're called to be. Every day that you hit the J.C. target will become the best day ever. Amen? I want everybody to say something. Best day ever. Best day ever. Yeah. Best day. You know what tomorrow can be? Best day ever. Now, I ain't no Joel Osteen up here, okay? <laughs> if you was here last week, you know that ain't true. But I also want to tell you, God wants to encourage as well as help you through the circumstantial. He wants to encourage us. And today is a, is a, is a testimony of encouragement. And the prayers last night to lift you up, to encourage you to what God wants to do with you. Everybody stand, let's read this verse. 
keep me. You may be seated. David and Psalm 16 and 17 go together. We're just going through Psalm 16, but I wanted to give that verse to you because we're the apple of God's eyes. Amen? And David looks, he says, keep me under the shadow of your wings. And that's that, that's that protection that he's crying out for. Because he sees the battle all around him, as many of you do. Many, do you all have battles? Am I the only one with battles out there? Man, I fought a bunch of them last night. You know, you know what the battles are? It's Satan. You may have trouble with people. It's not people. It's Satan. It's evil. It's, it's the things that try to destroy the Christian life. If we would do less fighting with people and understand that it's the things behind those people that are causing those battles. God, Satan just uses those things to, to help destroy us. I thought growing old would take longer, amen? I did. I thought growing older would take longer. I thought I had forever. I look around, I said, I'm 60 now. Will I make it 30 more years? I doubt it. And I, I start to realize, and we got such a young church out here, and how many people are under 40 here? Buku of you. And how many under 50? Just about the rest of you. Me and Bill and John and old Roy back there. A few other, Ed back there. Well, some of us have got a little age on us. What I want to tell you here is that it comes quicker than you ever imagined. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. What stops us from making every day the best day ever? Even in sorrow, God's plan is taking form. Even in sorrow, God's plan is taking form in your life. I brought some targets with me today. Vicky said, don't buy them targets. They got points on them. I said, Vicky, how in the world did I ever make it? I didn't, I didn't, when I rode my bicycle belt, I didn't wear a helmet. You know, when I first started getting in a car, they never had seat belts. How did I ever make it? My goodness. I'd like to have a couple of volunteers, please. It's got to be adults. I was told not to let the children play with the darts. They'll put their eye out. No children. You have to be over the age of 18 today. No children, no children. Mike, come on up here. Uh-oh, I already broke that one, Mike. Well, Regina, she's always up here with us. Thank you, Regina, for coming up. You want to come up, Jacqueline? Okay, now what I want you to do is stand about right here on this side of the line. I'll have to give it. I broke. Here, see if you can fix that for me. Now, we have this target here. Time for a change. That, see, we get out of bed, and, and, and what we do is we start thinking of all the things we got going on today. And so I got time for a change. I got over here, turn around. I got fear. I got the crossing right here. I got forgive. I got this way for peace right here. I got so close. I got compromise, stop, repent, sorrow, not today. Let go, let God. Self and pride, flesh, death, control, surrender, bad day. So when you get out of your bed in the morning, our goal is to what? Hit the mark, amen? 
So if you just give that a shot, let's see where you're going to go with it. He's studying. He's looking at it. Not today. <laughs> Let me hold on, Regina. Let me get out of the way. <laughs> you broke it, Regina. Well, you're close, but it's still not today. Oh, lost, Jacqueline. <laughs> you got a lost day. One more time, Mike. We'll give you guys one more shot at it. Let me get out of the way. All right. JC. JC. Right there. You hit it, Regina. You lost, JC. Huh? Oh, that's close. So close, Jacqueline. Thank you, guys. Now, you can think about that, and that's just about how it is every day when you get out of your bed. That's about right. Imagine David in that cave. He had to hit that mark that day. He had to trust God with everything. He had no choice, did he? He could have gone out and fought. He could have ran some more. He chose to trust. Even in sorrows, God's plan is taking form. If you're waiting for your life to be perfect, to have the best day ever, you may die waiting for that day. Having never recognized that almost every day could have been your best day ever. If today is not your best day ever, maybe your aim's on the wrong target. I want you to do something tomorrow when you get out of bed. I want you to get out of bed tomorrow and say, best day ever. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Can you do that? If you want to have a New Year's resolution, there you go. Let's go. Psalm 16. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We ask for your help today, Lord. We ask for your love to just rain down upon us. That it would just open the gates of heaven and just pour down upon us that we realize who you are. We thank you for everyone here this morning. We thank you for the prayers this morning. We thank you for, for the all night long prayers, Lord. We thank you. Father, we ask for Mary. She's sick this morning. Her blood sugar is way up. You know all about it. We ask for healing there. We thank you, Lord, that Bill Hobbs is out here, that his surgery's gone and over with. Lord, we thank you for Kingston being here. Lord, he's going back into the hospital again for more surgery. Lord, we thank you that he's here with us this morning. We thank you for the baptisms this morning. We thank you for the lives you changed. We thank you for Parker. We thank you for Gage, Lord. Would you bless us this morning and let us bless you in return. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Your background, you know your background now. And this is David as, as he watches, watches all these soldiers that, are, that have come in towards him. He's watching them. And all of a sudden, they get back on their horses. They get back in their chariots. They start to load up all the, the armor and stuff that they had brought. And they turn around and they leave. He says, preserve me. Preserve me. See, he understood. He saw that God is going to preserve him. And he says, Thank, preserve me, God. 
Preserve me through all the circumstances, all the turmoil. Preserve me. I see the love that you have for me. I see it right in front of me. Let me always recognize it. Preserve me. And he puts that, preserve me. Oh, God. Amen? It's not just preserve me, God. It's preserve me. Oh, God, preserve me. Amen? Come on, help me. Oh, God, preserve me. God just saved his life. God saves your lives continually. Saves the troubles in your lives continually. So we ought to recognize that. Praise him for it. For in you I put what? My trust. Trust is one of the hardest things Christians can do. Trust is a, a strange kind of word. You can't really see it, but you say it and you, you have to learn how to do it. And you know how you learn how to do it? By trusting. Trust God. He preserves you, doesn't he? He's preserving David. He's shown it to David. And David says, I can trust you now. I put my trust in you. You have shown me. There's not one of you sitting here that hasn't seen God work in your lives. And if you say, no, I haven't. Yeah, you have. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. Christians, if you learn how to trust God with every aspect of your life, including every gift he gives you, every talent, and every ounce of pennies you have, you would be overwhelmed by how much he wants to preserve you. Preserve me, oh God, for you I put my trust. That verse right there is enough for me. I don't even need to go on. That right there just lifts me up. And if you're in sorrow and pain, grab a hold of that. Understand what David was going through. Is David, a, is David a real person? Yes, he is. Did he fight a real giant? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He's not a, a fairy tale. He's not a figment of somebody's imagination. He's a true man that walked this earth. Oh, my soul. See, he can say this with great depth because he's watching the turmoil take off, leave his life. See, if you ask God to preserve you and trust him with everything, and even though you can't see how it's ever going to work, that's the, that's the best way to trust God, isn't it? To never know how it's going to work. I just know to trust him. It doesn't matter how it's going to work. I'm just going to trust him. How about that? That's the best way to live. I was in there praying all night long. I don't even know why. I said, I think I'm th completely crazy. But I know one thing. I'm going to trust him through all of it. Amen? Amen? I'm going to trust him. You know how I can trust him? I've seen him work in my life over and over and over again. So I can trust him through everything. If you're not trusting God, you're living a life that's not the best day. In fact, it's a terrible day because you haven't learned how to trust the God that loves you. I've already started yelling. Oh, not really, I'm just shouting. Oh, my soul. Can you see the thrill in David's life? Can you see the thrill when the, the doctor comes in and says, I got all the cancer, I got it. I, oh, my soul, thank you, God. The thing is, David would see Saul come back again another day. And I'm going to tell you something. David had the opportunity to take Saul's life and take the kingdom for himself. That's why you got to love David. He wasn't a man of man's. He was a man of God. 
that waited on God, ordained by God, and he knew Saul was ordained by God, and he would not do anything that was against God. Because he trusted God. Amen? He trusted him. If you could learn one thing this year, trust God, your lives would completely change. Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. So when you learn that trust, that calling out to God that you are my Lord, oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Lord is not just a name. It's the master of all things. It's your king. It's everything to you. He's your Lord. And you are his servant or a slave to that. Because he's your Lord. It's a powerful word. It's a powerful name. It's not a name to take lightly. When I say that my Lord is my Lord, I'm saying a whole lot of words, more than just one word, Lord. I'm saying all kinds of things. He's my Lord over all aspects of my life. He's my Lord over everything I own. He's my Lord over my wife, my children, my grandchildren, every problem, every situation. He's my Lord over it. Will I trust my Lord? Do I know he preserves me through it? Amen, because I have watched him work over and over again in my life. And when he calls and he says, get up and pray, I say, for what? He says, you don't need to know right now. Just get up and pray. In fact, just stay up all night and pray. Your church needs it. The people need it. The community needs prayer. If a church is not praying, a church is dying. And I can promise you, it will die. We have a prayer team. Bill leads that prayer team up, and there's several people on it. We have good prayerful warriors in this team. We church. But we need more. We need more. You know what I love to see? All you and completely all you again with more people next Sunday night learning how to pray. Learning to speak the language of God. My, oh, my soul. You have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. My goodness is nothing apart. What is that? My goodness is nothing apart from you. It means I have, there's nothing good about me. You know why I got up? Not because Paul wanted to get up. Because God asked me to get up and he wouldn't let me not get up. I had to get up. That's what he does in our life. And he comes and he meets you. Last night I had a big prayer, a big war room. It was this whole church. What an awesome night. Amen. Who needs sleep? When you got God, what an awesome night. You all of you know I have no idea what I'm talking about because you won't get there with God. You won't trust God. You won't get up when he tells you to get up. I'm telling you, it's a life that you want. It's the best day ever. Amen. See, I, some of the last night I sat here and I looked up at that cross and I said, Lord, how did John do it? Oh, how did John do the love that John had for you? How did he get that love? Where did that love come from? And Peter, where did he get that boldness? David, where did he get the heart? Where did it come from? Paul, where did he get the information, the wisdom, the knowledge, the courage, and the strength to keep going? You know, Paul went on three missionary journeys, thousands of miles, and he walked them. And he was beaten and jailed and you name it over and over again. Where did that come from? And he looks down upon me. He said, it came from me, Paul, not from anybody. None of those guys. It came from me. And you can have it. You can have it. You can have it. All you got to do is want it. Pray for it. Ask for it. Mean it. Amen? 
Do you realize, I want to beg with you, do you realize this church could change the country? Do you realize that? Jesus changed the world. Eleven disciples that had no education changed all things. Do you realize you could change the world if you'd give in? If we had a, a church that was just sold out to Christ, sold out in every aspect of it, and every finger was working like it's supposed to work, the world's yet to see that. Wow, what an awesome sight that would be. I prayed that God would protect. I put oil everywhere. I had oil everywhere. I need to buy some more oil. Don't let, devil, don't let Satan in here protect us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Becky, I, Becker, Becky, Becky's back there in the back aisles. Nobody knows this. And I don't, Becky, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you. She's out there taking care of our bulletin boards up and down the hallway because they never get changed because that's a part of the church that's broke. I'm praying over every poster last night. I got my hands rubbing over everything. Thanking God for people like Becky. Thanking God for people that want to do things and change things in the most simple ways. But see, that comes together and encourages us. Amen? That's what a church is about. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, guess who the saints are? You. You're the saints. If Jesus Christ lives in your life, you're the saints. Well, you can read about that in Peter. You're the saints. They are the excellent ones. Listen to that word. Get that. This is David talking about the people that are, some of them are chasing him, trying to kill him, that would later become his soldiers. They're the excellent ones. You're excellent in God's eyes. Amen? The excellent ones in whom is all my what? Delight. Where is David when he penned this? He's in a dark cave, not knowing when he gets out if he's going to die or live. That's where he's at. And yet he can pin something like that so beautiful. They're the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. You know, one of the best things as a pastor, I, I get to see everything from the church. Good, bad, ugly, you name it, I see it. It all comes through me and out to other people. But, you know, it's delightful to watch God change people. That is the delight of my life, to watch God change people. To watch him intervene in people's lives. It doesn't always come out the way we want it. But it always comes out the way God wants it. Amen? Everybody awake? I need to blow my air horn. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after what another God. Little g. Little g. Pagan gods. Gods that are not the real God. They're not Jesus Christ. Their aim is on too many other targets and not the real Savior. So their sorrows shall be multiplied. You know, every time I see a, a lot of people come through my office and, 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 and me and Vicky will talk about different things about uh, people in our family and different ways of man, they're broke. They're, they're broke. You know what comes with brokenness? A lot of brokenness. <laughs> it comes, it's just a lot of brokenness. And it's not just one little part of somebody's life that's broke. When a person is broke, their whole entire life is broke. They're, everything about them is broke. They're so broke that there's only one way they can be put back together through Jesus Christ. 
See, I, I know that the only way they can be put back together is through Jesus Christ. They don't know that because they're just trying to put out fires, one fire after the other. They're so busy trying to put out the fires in their life, they're not looking at the big picture in their life, which is Jesus Christ. So those sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. And the other God is anything that will put out that fire for today. Because this ain't the best day ever. This is the worst day ever. So anything that can put out that fire that day becomes their God. When, if they would get out of the bed and they would say, best day ever, God, let's go. Let's start in prayer. Let's go. And I can tell you, your day will be good. Amen. Why did Jesus pray in the early in the morning and through the night? Because the next day was going to be a lot of stuff he had to deal with. And if you don't have the prayer in your life, if the church doesn't have the prayer in the going, that's going on in it, you'll fall. They're excellent ones in whom it's all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after other gods. They drink offerings of blood. I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. Wow, you know what that means? There's people you love to have drama with. David's not going to even talk to them. What wisdom do they have for you? A person that's not of God? What wisdom? What holy wisdom do they have of, for you? How are they possibly going to help you according to the word of God when they do not speak the language of God? How are they going to help you? David knew where his help came from. He isn't shy about telling us. Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. David just repeats over and over, you are everything to me, God. He can trust him. He preserves him. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. A man in a cave running for his life, and he can write that down. How is that possible? How is that possible? Because he knows God is his life. Amen? Some of you out there are so busy wanting to get out of here, you can't figure this out. Shut up, preacher. Let's go. I'll tell you something. You have a God that loves you. You have a God that wants you to surrender. You have a God that wants to change you, make you into something you can never be if you allow it to happen. The lions have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Wow. He doesn't even know what his inheritance is going to be, but he knows what he's got is good. Amen? What he's got is good. What God has got you right now is good. Amen? It's the best day ever, no matter what it looks like. If you're having financial troubles, guess what? It's your fault. But also, guess what? There's ways to help you out of that. Amen? You don't have to battle with that. You don't have to quit keep throwing the darts out there or trying to put out fires. There's ways out of that. And it starts on your knees in prayer. Get into a war room. You say, well, how's that going to help me? Have you tried it yet? No. See, because if you've done it with the right heart, you're already being helped. God works, let me tell you. He works. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Look at that word, yes. Yes! No matter what my life may look like to you, yes, I have a good inheritance. You know what that good inheritance is? Eternal life in heaven. Amen? Because he sure don't have it in the cave. 
So where's it coming? Eternal life in heaven. That's his inheritance. That's the promise he hangs on to. That's the promise he falls in love with. He doesn't know what's going to happen, but he trusts his God. In verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Wow. Look at that. I will bless. David is going to bless his Lord. Now, how's that going to happen? How? And then he says that counsel word. I will bless the Lord. You know how you bless the Lord? You don't have to throw money at him. Just trust him. Amen? Get in your war room and pray for him. Just pray with him and trust him. You know what? That's the, just bless the Lord like you wouldn't believe. Just trust him. Ask him to preserve you. Ask him to give you the best day ever. Just speak to him. Learn to speak the language of God. And you're going to bless him. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Now, what's the counsel? Here's my counsel. I get in my war room. I start praying. I start opening up the word of God. I start writing. I start loving. I start understanding. That's my counsel. It doesn't take a, a genius. It doesn't take a, a man with, with all kinds of knowledge. It takes a man with a heart of God. It takes a child that just wants to learn. Amen? It takes a woman that has a loving heart for her Lord. Your education doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Peter wasn't educated. John wasn't educated. They were fishermen. So what was it? As I lay here and I cry out, what was it? It was the love of God in their lives. It was trusting them no matter what. It was trusting them even when it looked like there was no hope. It was trusting them through it all. Church, you want to be a powerful church? You want to be a powerful warrior for Christ? Trust him. And start it today. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. We can look at that night seasons a couple different ways. It could represent your dreams. It could represent the dark times in your life. I was in bed. It was dark out. The lights were out. Vicky's over snoring away. You snored last night too, baby. Dog's all covered up in its bed, just laying there. And all I could think about was praying to God. Amen? <laughs> I had the best night ever. I'm going to go home and go to sleep, but I had the best night ever. I had, you know... I love praying to God. I haven't, I ha God hasn't called me out to pray like that. I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever have done it like that. It was just the best night ever. God's going to do something in this community. He's going to do something wonderful. He already has. He's already changed a lot of your lives. And he keeps wanting to change it more and more. If you'll just trust him. If you'll just let that little pride thing of yours... Just push that down. Allow God to push that down. Allow God to get in your prayer room with God and say, God, you know my pride. You know I try to hide it from everybody, but you know I sneak it in and out of there. I'm really good at it, God. Would you please take that away from me? Or how about, how about God, you know the anger that I have with so many people. You know, Lord, I, so these, some of these teenagers, I just don't like them, Lord. Or some of these people in my high school, Lord, I just don't like them. But Lord, would you help me learn how to love them? Would you help me figure that out? 
pretty soon everything starts to change. You know how I know? Because I've been there over and over and over again, and I watch it over and over and over. Where's Buddy? Where's my Buddy? There he is, the big bear back here. And Buddy's a, me and Buddy have been together a long time. All Buddy wanted to talk about was his sons and their wives and their kids. All I heard was, I'm praying for him, I'm praying for him, I'm praying for him. What's going on, Paul? What's this? What's that? I'm praying. You know what? He trusted God for years. He trusted God for years. You know what? His kids are here saved. His daughter-in-laws are here saved. They're in church all the time. You know why you're here? Because you had a prayer warrior back there praying for you. Amen? And he didn't quit. He trusted God with your souls. He trusted God with your souls, your life. And he was ready to accept whatever God gave him. That's how it works. It's not difficult. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. And a lot of us will have trouble with that first part because we have not set the Lord always. Our, our aim is so far off, it's on ourselves, it's on self-control, it's on fear, it's on so many different things. And we continually get up out of the mornings and we don't try to hit the, we don't even look at the target. We don't even look at the, at the mark. We don't even look at it. My heart also instructs me in the night. See, I have set the Lord always before me. I'm telling you, when your war room is ready and you're ready to engage in the battles of your life and you're allowing God to take a hold of those battles, you know what you have to do? Pray. Just pray and believe what God's going to do in your life. And trust him with it. And watch him work. I'm not crazy. I'm not some old crazy old man. It's happened over and over and over again. I've got a young man, not a young man, but a guy I grew up with got a hold of me this last week. His name's Abelardo Salas. I haven't seen him in over 35 years. When he knew me, I wasn't a pastor. I was a teenager. A young, very young man. And he says, I can't believe you're a pastor. I said, I know. I met him the other day. We met for the first time in 35 years. We were out to lunch over there at the Denny. He couldn't be here today, but I'm praying that he'll be here. I'm praying that his life will change. You know what? He, one of the things he did after lunch, thank me for praying. You can, all, you can just see God starting to work in his life already. He's starting to recognize how much God loves him, that God's around him. So see, that's, that's one, of my, one of my prayers in my prayer room is to, Lord, save his soul he's lost save his soul I was at the how much time do I have I got a few minutes I was at the uh, Brett, where's Braden Braden raise your hand I was at the uh, do it yesterday uh, lumberyard over here and it was a good training moment for Braden Braden you know exactly what I'm going to say don't you yep. there was a young lady in line right, right ahead of me and the only way you can do these things is because you trust the Lord and she was standing there and she was talking about, to the cashier, about uh, someone in her family that was heavy on drugs. And how bad it was and how difficult it was and how he was there throwing him out of the house and this, that, and the other. And I could look there and I thought, well, that's terrible. I deal with that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> I could have kept my mouth shut. 
You say, that's too bad for you. I could trust the Lord. I open up my billfold. I grab a card. I start to tell her about drugs. I start to tell her how God wants to change. I start to tell her that if you'll call me, we'll do our best to help you. Where's Jessica? That girl right there is an angel. She works for Tara, does a lot of stuff, runs Tara, I guess. I don't know. But there's not a time that I haven't called Jessica and said, Jessica, can you help us get somebody in there? And she does it. And you know what it cost? Zero. That's an amazing gift that God has given this church. Amen? Amazing gift. You, you, you look at that and you say, do I shut up or do I open my mouth and try to help? I don't know if they're going to call. You know what? I told Brayton, I said, Brayton, our job is to tell them where they can get help. Guess whose job it is for them to call or get a hold of me? God's job. Amen? That's God's job. And if they do that, that I can trust God, that I can call, call Jessica and say, Jessica, here's what's going on. We call this person and figure it out. Right, Jessica? That's the way it works. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Do you know how many people are involved in drugs? I talk about drugs all the time. You know why? Because that's the world today. Satan controls the world through drugs, which is sorcery and witchcraft. My heart also instructs me in the right night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand and I shall not be moved. Look at that word. Everybody knows that song, right? I shall not be moved, right? I, don't, I can't sing. I know that song, but I shall not be moved. There it is. David is not going to be moved in that cave. He's going to pin this out for eternity. That we can look at it and be encouraged by God. Be encouraged in the worst times. Be encouraged by that love. Therefore, my heart is glad. Amen? His heart is glad. No matter the situation, his heart is glad. And my glory rejoices. That glory is the glory in the Lord. His soul is so encouraged by what God is doing in his life, even though it looks like he's in terrible trouble. He's so encouraged because he knows he can trust God. And he knows that God pulled Saul completely away from that cave, and he knows that he can trust God. No matter how many times Saul comes back, no matter how many times those evil things come after you, you can trust God. Amen? For my flesh also will rest in hope, the blessed hope. Verse 10 is part of this verse is talking about Jesus. For you will not leave my soul in Shiloh, which is the grave. Nor will you allow your Holy One, which is Jesus, to see corruption. Jesus come out of that tomb, amen? Do you believe he came out of the tomb? See, if he didn't come out of the tomb, we're all done. We're all done. We might as well go home, pack this thing up. But he came out. He came out. Everybody say he came out. Best day ever. Best day ever. I love the cross. But I love him coming out of the tomb. Amen. There are a lot of people put on a cross, but only one came out of that tomb. Best day ever. Everybody say that for me. Come on. Amen. Best day ever. Best day ever. You know what? And David knew it. If you will not leave my soul in Shiloh, my, my old dead body's going to stay gone and dead in the grave. Praise the Lord for that one. I'm going to give me a brand new one. Brand new one. I can't wait. 
I want about 6'5", okay? I'm going to beat that grandson of mine in basketball up here in heaven. I talked to Ray this morning. He's got, Ray, Ray, raise your hand, Ray. He's got arthritis first time. He just started getting it. You ain't going to have arthritis in a few more years, buddy. It ain't going to happen. You're going up here. You ain't, it ain't going with you. It ain't going with you. It's going to stay here. See, I believe that with everything I've got because he came out of the grave. I believe it. I trust him with all things. This last verse is, love this last you will show me the path of life well, what is the path god oh you, you preserve me you're my lord i trust you and you're going to show me the path of life oh man he gets up and he aims for jesus christ and he hits him amen and it's the best day ever he hits the target every morning that's the path of your life it's not all the other stuff that's mixed around it. That's the path of Satan, evil that wants to destroy you. You don't have to be there. You're only there because you're allowing yourself to go there. Your trust is not where it's at. Your faith is somewhere way off. You can have the best day ever every day of the year. You don't have to wait for Christmas morning. You don't have to wait till you get married. You can have the best day now. Even in the pain of arthritis, you can have the best day ever because Christ is with you. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Get that, man. He's in the cave. He's in the cave. Saul's running away. They're going away. He doesn't even know why, but he's in the fullness of joy. My, my life, you preserve me. Wow. Some of you need this 16 in your life. Psalm 16. You need it in your life. You need to fall in love with every word, every phrase. You need to encounter it continually in your life. You need to get out of bed and aim for Jesus Christ. If you're not aiming for Christ, you're aiming for something else. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. Wow. What a life we can live. Amen? What a life you can live. You've got a God that loves you. He has proven it. With every ounce of his blood, every ounce of his sweat, every bone in his body, he has proven it. He has proven it. And I'm going to tell you, it's up to you. It's up to you to answer his call. It's up to you. You're going to get into your war room? You're going to get into that prayer room? Are you really going to do it? Are you just going to want to get out of here? I'm sorry if you just want to get out of here because God's got so much to offer you. I'm sorry. I don't want you to leave. I want you to learn how to love God. I want you to learn how to speak the language of God. Amen? I preach with passion. I preach with all I've got. I'm not an educated man. All I've got is what God gives me. And guess what? That's all I need. Amen? That's all I need. That's all you need. It's all you need. Just to cry out to him. Trust him. Just try it, will you? You just might like it. And you will have the what? And you will have the what? Let's stand. Words for your week.
<laughs> I think he got that one. You're all in trouble now. Doug over here. That, that, who was that? That was Jeff. Okay. That was Jeff. Jeff. You're all in trouble. Jeff over here has been... He's having the best day ever. Thank you, Jeff. Question for you. What, what stopped you from making yesterday your best day ever? What stopped you from making yesterday your best day ever? <laughs> yeah, it's always us, isn't it? I'm going to open up the tables. You can come to these tables if you know Jesus Christ. That's the only, that's the only grounds for it. You've got to know Jesus Christ. Your heart needs to be right with Christ. Your heart needs to be right with Christ. You need to ask forgive. There's something going on. If you can't forgive somebody or something going on in your life, you need to get that out before you come to these tables. Don't come to these tables in that condition. Cleanse yourself through prayer. Do that. Come to the Lord today. Enjoy him. Let this day be the best day ever and tomorrow the best day ever. Come enjoy the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ in your life, you have the opportunity today. Come before the Lord.
Kingston and uh, this morning Kingston has spent a lot of time in the hospital a lot of time with uh, a lot of time in prayer and usually at, as his age I I, uh, uh, I shy away from baptizing them or they're so young but he's different he's spent probably more time with the Lord in the last year than most of us have in a long lifetime this morning in my office, so we asked him several questions. And you know what he told me? That he loved Jesus, right? And he believes that he died on a cross. And he believes he came out of that tomb. Kingston's going in for another surgery on the 11th, which is next Sunday, where they're going to try to... Hmm? Next month, okay. Anyway, he's going in for another surgery. And they're going to take his colon out. But we plan on baptizing him on the 7th of February. Now what I need from you, church, I need to get you in your prayer rooms. You need to get in your prayer rooms, your war rooms, and you need to pray that he's healthy enough to be baptized on the 7th of February. Amen? Amen. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from loving God, loving God. Brooke, will you close us up? 
Father in heaven, God, thank you so much for today, God, and thank you for all the just awesome things that you're doing, God, and God, thank you for opening our eyes to see them, and God, I just pray that as we leave here, um, this place, God, in this little cocoon that we're in, that God, you would just make us bold and confident in uh, the salvation that we have, God, and that you would use us this week, God, may your will be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.